Hey, what's going on? Tommy here, your host, Always Be Booked. It's the Thursday Conversation Day, that's right. Welcome to the show. Uh, We're here with Beatrix today. You guys, I know Beatrix is always a fan favorite when she comes on. We just chatted it up. It's funny because she was actually in this. We did it in studio, so I got to give Beatrix some credit. Beatrix, I forgot to say it. We forgot to celebrate that this is the uh, first in-studio Thursday Conversation. We talked about guess what? Travel, right? We ended up diving a little deeper into the solo travel and some other things. Beatrix was like, yo, you know, we were kind of all over the map. But you know, what I I wanted was exactly that pretty much. I don't want these talks, these conversations to really be in the form of like a, you know, like a traditional interview. So I was happy with the way it went. We talked, you know, again, I used the word surveillance, wiretap. You guys are it on two people who have a hopefully, I mean, a, a very well-established bond. And if not, if it's a different conversation with somebody who I just spoke, hopefully we create that bond very, very quickly. And what I want is the bond to be established and you guys to be basically a fly on the wall for that. And in this particular talk that we had in this Thursday conversation, I think we did exactly that. So get ready. Grab your uh, grab, grab grab your coffee. Grab whatever you're gonna grab. Settle in. It's me, or should I say, Beatrix and I, for a nice Thursday conversation. Let's start the show. Oh, we back for another one, right? <laughs> Bags are packed. Hey, Tommy, you ready? Let's go. We going in. Hey. It's the night before the cruising If I'm honest, I ain't sleeping But even if I could, I'd be dreaming About this weekend, all the fun we about to have As we taking this vacation Always be booked on our way to embarkation Cause we know it's in store Pockets and palm trees, tropical sea breeze And frozen daiquiris, oh please Thank you sir, yes I think I'll have another Please don't blow my cover, cause I'm passing on the muster Bring a lover, bring a friend, bring someone you just met It ain't snowing where we going And the good times never end Here's the five more years, drinking beers, running Pierce, thanks for giving us your ears through the laughter and the tears. But we just getting started out here. Give us a holler if you're looking, you can find us somewhere south of the Bahamas. Getting hotter as we go, cones and we united. So sound that horn, cause everybody's invited. How long have you had that plan for? Recently, I booked it maybe two months ago, but yeah. I've had it on my bucket list for years. How do you say it again? Galapagos. Galapagos? I think in English it's Galapagos. How do you know English better than me? In Hungarian, it's Galapagos. Wait, do it again? Galapagos. Galapagos. All right, I, I, that I think I could do. I think I could do the Hungarian version better. So do that. All right. So do the Spanish wor- version. When are you, so when are you going? This Friday? Friday. And how long are you staying? 10 days. 10 days. Well, it's going to be a combo. All right. Quito, the capital of Ecuador, and the Galapagos. Oh, Ecuador. So Ecuador is South America and how to get its name. Ecuador is on the equator. There you go. See, I know some things. Oh my gosh, jeez. Noise. Sorry. I know some things every once in a while. I knew Ecuador meant, you know, because it's on the equator. Is that... So theoretically... You can't get any hotter than that. You know what? It's going to be cold. Why? The weather is not hot. It's 50s and 60s. On the equator? Yeah. That's not true. It's true. Can it you... can't be true. 
please believe me, I watched so many YouTube videos and tutorials and everything. Look, look at the next 10 day forecast. In, tell me what you see. The Galapagos. Yeah. But that's not Ecuador. Oh, I can show you Quito too. Here you go. That's even worse. It's colder? Look look at the current temperature in Quito. Wait, hold on. Somebody's got to explain this to me. You're telling me Quito, Quito is in Ecuador. It's on the equator and it's 56 degrees right now. Correct. Okay, so... I'm bringing like winter clothes. This is 56 we're, so we're, for me is cold. We're starting off this conversation with like blo- my, me having my mind blown. And I get it. You know, my mind is fairly easily blown. I, I see that, but I don't understand it. Daytime temperature, 70 degrees. Nighttime temperature, 42. Oh, my goodness gracious. Why don't you just go to Alaska? No, it's going to be nice. Yeah. When, when's the last time we cruised together? Harmony. Harmony of the seas, right? Yeah. That was fun. Where did I- we go? Oh, that was one of the best excursion days. That was awesome. When we went to Koba, the ruins, and did you climb? You climbed, of right? Of course. We went yeah. to the top. Yeah. And I want to go back there, but I don't know if I want to go to exactly back to Koba. I don't know. I just feel like so many people talk so much about Chichen Itza. Have I've you, been. You've been there too? Mm-hmm. What's up? So, okay, see, Beatrix is going to show off a little bit right now. <laughs> Beatrix is, uh, what's your Instagram? Uh, it's a private Instagram, so I'm not it's really private? promoting. Yeah, you but it's BTRX Travel Bug. BTRX yeah, Travel Bug. I have bug. like 100 followers or something like that. So Okay, so BTRX Travel Bug. Maybe we uh, see uh, what Beatrix is up to, and she's going to go to the um, Galapagos. And um, so what can you give me that? What is the main differences between Koba. So Koba is the ruins that we went to with Beatrix on Harmony of the Seas. We took the yeah, we took a little uh, the shuttle out there, and to me, the most attractive part of that was that you can climb it. I me like too. the fact that you can climb it Hands and get down. up there and get the um, perspective. And I got got some good video, good good photos, and I liked it. And I liked our picture of that too. We have a nice picture with it in the background. Mm-hmm. And how good was the tour guide too? Great, he was excellent. Yep. But what is the major differences between that and Chichen Itza? Chichen Itza is beautiful. It's one of the seven wonders of the modern world. Is it? Yeah. Okay. And it's really just an almost like a national park. You just walk around. It's beautiful. You take loads of pictures, wait for the sunset. But it's not as exciting as Koba was for me for the simple, because of the simple fact that we were able to climb Go it. Oh, it's like an adventure. Yeah. 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 So if I would have to choose between the two now, looking back, I would choose Koba. I remember... When we were getting on that ferry, and we get on that ferry from Cozumel going to uh, Playa del Carmen, and the guy was explaining to everybody, okay, so if you're going here, you go here. If you're going here, you go to this. But if you're going to Chichen Itza, get comfortable. You're not going to get there for a while. So like from the cruise terminal, it was quite a trip too. Three hours, I Like think? three hours? Okay. One way. Have you done Tulum? No. Okay. No. So Tulum, I think, is very nice. Maybe a little bit more pristine than Koba, but I think the the advantage there is that you have the beach. You're you're on the and beach. And the with, backdrop is pretty because yeah. I've seen pictures uh-huh. and everything. So. And then um, what I also liked about our excursion was the fact that it it uh it it coupled in the cenote trip too. Yes, and that and was, was quite an adventure too. Yeah, we were in the freaking cenote, right? Yeah. It was my I think it was my very first and only cenote swim. 
that's the only one I've been to. Pretty interesting. Going down, like, what was that? Like, maybe like five or six flights of stairs, five or six stories, it felt like. Yes. And then we get down there, and then you're underground in a cave, cave surrounded by limestone, and you jump in, and you're, and you're in an underground cave. Like, it's just bizarre. You know, it was weird, that one light that they had. I kept thinking, my mind kept telling me that it was sunlight. I don't know what it was. I don't otherwise remember. It was it? Been... O- it wasn't open. No, it wasn't open. Because some of them. Oh no, I've been to another one. Sorry, I've been to two. The other one that I've been to has an open um, area on the top, so it's not a cave. cave. So uh, this we're gonna do a count, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna take a shot every time Beatrix shows off how many places she's been. <laughs> Look at her; she's even forgetting how many cenotes she's been to. It's crazy. She's been a lot of places, and you know, I know that you. <sighs> I don't. I think you you prefer it at this point. You've probably gotten so used to traveling solo that you just can kind of come and go as you please. You've kind of become a solo traveling expert, right? One hundred percent. It's become yes. a little bit more of a topic over the last couple of weeks regarding solo traveling, whether it's cruising, mostly cruising, obviously, because it's a cruising channel. But um, what are some of the other advantages to you find traveling solo? I learned to love it so much that. I now choose to travel solo and oftentimes I don't even ask my friends. Yeah. I'm going here, I'm going there. Do you want to go? Do you want to come with me? Blah, blah, blah. So I've gotten so used to it and I enjoy it so much because I'm marching at my own drum. Yeah. I do things I want to do. I check out places I want to. If I want to take a nap in the afternoon, I don't need to compromise with anybody. If I need to check out a place that's on my bucket list and the other person doesn't want to or vice versa... It's just simple. It's easy. It's comfortable. It's a little bit more expensive when you travel solo than when you travel with somebody because there's no split expenses. Right. But it's worth it. It really is. No, and I can I can verify that because you you simply just announce your travel plans now. Yes. You I just don't. announce, hey, I'll be going to. Uh, I I will be making my appearance to the Galapagos. I will be going to wherever else. What? So you did. I remember one of the first ones we um we talked about in depth was Cuba and we did that on this show. Yeah. And that was nice. But what are some of the other, uh, of your favorite places that you've been to solo? solo? Yeah. Um, let me cheat. I wrote, to, I wrote down a list of countries I've been to before today. Cause I knew we were going to talk about this. So I'm going to oh, okay. tell you what countries I've been to solo. So she, so again, this is number three. <laughs> she can't even remember how many countries she's been to. She's got to go into her phone and kind of reference her database. It's a long list. A, of, of her list of places she's been. I've been solo to the Netherlands, Israel, uh, Cayman Islands, Fiji, uh, France, Denmark, Greece, Portugal, Costa Rica, Aruba, Peru, that's pretty much it. I think the rest was with somebody or met up f- with friends in certain countries, uh, friends who live there. I went to Orlando a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. And we went to Siesta Key a couple of weeks ago. We did go to Siesta Key. So now, so you, we did a trip to Siesta Key a couple of weeks ago. It was a very mini, mini, quick little trip. And I think that was probably why I got to go with Beatrix was because of the fact that we just knew we were going to kind of come and go as we pleased, right? Yeah. Yeah, I always make it clear when I travel with someone. Well, first of all, I don't always announce my travels. I just announce when I'm there and 
I know places I want to go to by myself. Well, you For have example, to. You, Galapagos, I wanted to go to by myself. Well, your fans might crash your trip. <laughs> yeah. Right. Beatrix has developed a bunch of fans. Shout out to all the fellas in Beatrix's DMs um, <laughs> from the uh, from the cone hood. But she loves it. She says, keep them coming. Um, but yes, so it makes sense to not necessarily announce it. But again, so we were getting to the places you have been. Of those... What are the ones that stand out? Like, I know they all do in their own specific way, but if you're going to remember me, maybe PTB, Pure Travel Bliss. Wow. What were some of the ones? Did I stump you? Sorry. Uh, yeah, and I get this question a lot. Like, what was your favorite country so far? And I can't and answer I wouldn't say that. I can't I answer that's that That's not question. my question. I wouldn't expect you to be able to answer that because they're just so, they're, they're so. So different. Apples to oranges. Yeah. But like, what are some of the, the places in the, uh, what you want to call them excursions, the adventures, whatever you Machu Picchu has to be up there, yeah, right? Yeah, Peru is up there for sure. Yeah. I that was a solo trip and I enjoyed it very much. Uh, Peru was one of them, and the second one that comes to mind is going to sound a bit pretentious, but I did it on a budget, so don't think expensive. But south of France was really really pretty and i did not stay in saint tropez and i did not stay in monaco but i did check out those places i stayed in a small boutique hotel in nice um for some reason that trip stayed with me and i think about it and reminisce a lot a lot that i mean what was it just basically just the beauty of everything around i know you have a taste for the finer things and you like things that are like have a sort of a royal appeal to them too but i can't afford it yeah you're not a camper let's just put it that way no but i'm not a five-star person either so i'm somewhere in between but you can't take me camping but if you were a five-star person like when or when we do win the lotto or whatever you're going to all those places and you will completely indulge as opposed to me like i'm not i i prefer a little bit more of a rustic vacation i'm not a camper either by any stretch but i do like kind of like living with the common folk i wouldn't know what to do if everything around me was so nice and pristine and you know like i mean even the hotel we stayed at in uh in in, amish country yeah in amish country (laughs) you know i think the reason you picked that is because of the fact that everything was so neat fresh clean well placed well decorated everything where it's supposed to be you like order and you, you have a taste for that type of thing don't you I always check out reviews reviews for hotels and cleanliness is my first go-to. Yeah. So I don't even care if it's not centrally located, but if it has good reviews for clean places, that's what I go for. And that's exactly where we're different because I don't like a dirty hotel, obviously, but you know, if there's a Holiday Inn that's on the beach that may have a three and a half star, I'll jump in that one just because you know what? It's right downstairs, close to the bar, close to the beach, this and that. So, and that's the beauty of travel. So everybody's everybody's different. But um, getting back to the the Machu Picchu thing, those ruins just always kind of uh, fascinate me in general because they're it's just a part of the world where they exist, and it's just whether it's Central America, South America, Mexico, all those places. It's just crazy how you know they were built and the way they were built. You would think. It was just so advanced for the time and how they were kind of constructed. And then, if I'm not mistaken, they were all covered up at one point just because they were abandoned or those societies completely, I guess, became whatever you want to call it, extinct or whatever. And then 
the I guess the the foliage was allowed to grow over them. Yes, it and was it took, just recently rediscovered. Really? Yeah. So when when do you know when that was? Oh, no, I don't right? want to say a bad date. I'm not sure. No, we can Google it. I meant to go dive into that a little bit more, yeah. like the recovery and the rediscovery of those places, because it must be just like when you think about. Imagine being able to have a time lapse of like from like a drone and just looking down of just pure forest and then just like a time lapse over like, I don't know, a year ultra fast and just seeing what is uncovered when they start trimming away those trees and bushes and and just I mean, I mean, Machu Picchu is just that's just that that's that's got to be a wonder, right? It is a wonder. And um, the way those rocks are put together, even if an earthquake comes, it does not get destroyed. Really? So I have no idea how they did that, like in ancient times that they paid attention to that. And, and just those ruins are unbelievable. I, I, I'm really in awe and everybody is. Once you climb up on top and you see that view, it's, it's taken over everything. Like and you don't, you believe, that aliens, believe, you don't believe that aliens built them, do you? No, probably not. It's just it is crazy though how like if you go into the the Middle East and you come back he, uh, to to you know the Americas, there's a good amount of similarities to how they were built. I guess it's just good minds think alike, common ingenuity kind of realize mm-hmm. that they just knew this is going to be the best way to build the most I guess solid structures imaginable. Yeah. Yes. The other great thing about my Machu Picchu trip was that I got to see it in that entire place almost all by myself because I went during COVID. Okay. And there was a limited amount of travelers allowed. And even within the limited amount of travelers, they couldn't sell all the tickets because people weren't traveling at the time. So I went at a time when normally the line is about two hours, three hours. When I went, there was nobody. I was the only person at the entrance. Really? They were literally waiting for me because you have to sign up for a time slot when you're going to enter. And I had the whole place all by myself with the guards. And you also told me something else about that trip too, where you kind of got a little bit lucky. And this is where kind of when it comes to solo travel, the best of both worlds kind of come into play where you met another gentleman yeah. That was also solo traveling. Yeah. He had just kind of recently been given the go-ahead to work from home or work from anywhere. Yes. And you guys just kind of met with each other. Yeah. And then you just kind of, you had a little bit of a travel buddy. It wasn't going to be a love match because of certain reasons. But, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, just preference, you know. But it, it, uh, it, it was kind of cool how you guys, what did you say? You guys ch- exchanged phones? Which we exchanged. So I met him inside Machu Picchu and this whole Machu Picchu um, visit is about three to four hours. So I met him about half an hour in. So this was a guided excursion? No, I was by myself. But there's guides everywhere. So they kind of tell you where to go. Okay. And after about a half an hour, I ran into him. But as I said, there were no people there at the time. So literally it was him and me in the entire place. And... um, we started talking and it turns out he was from New York and currently lives in, I believe, Buenos Aires. And this was a trip for him. So we exchanged phones and we said, well, I don't have anybody to take photos of me. You don't have anybody to take photos of you. So why don't you take pictures with my phone and I take with yours? And that way I have 120 pictures from Machu Picchu, deleted probably half of them. But it's documented really nicely. So That's amazing. And that's too just... You know, experienced, intelligent, rational solo cruisers just making the most out of a vacation. Uh, you also 
Wait, I'm trying to think some of the other other places that you went to. What was what was Denmark like? Denmark, I didn't spend a lot of time uh, at, and it's one of those places where I think I want to go back, but I really, really liked it. It's very, very upscale European and very expensive. So you really have to think about um, expenses and, and accommodation before you go there. It was very nice. Very okay. nice. Okay. Yep. And let's get back to the cruise world for a second. Oh, Copenhagen. Yeah. And again, I always compare Copenhagen to Curacao. Probably very similar. Well, actually... Because the, the picture is very similar with the, the colorful houses. Now, Denmark... Wait, that's... Again, so that's not in the Netherlands. That's No, close. that's Amsterdam. Okay, right, right, right. But what you're thinking is the right thing. Yeah. That colorful row of houses yeah. is in Copenhagen. Right. And you have a very similar shot. Yes, in in, yeah, Curacao. it's like the battle of the uh, obligatory photo that you have to take yes. in Denmark versus the one that's in Curacao. And it is just a row of just multicolored, I guess, structures, whether they're how businesses or buildings or homes or whatever they are. Yeah. But what uh, I wanted to ask you, we have a, a running kind of like argument on the show about certain ports and how... Everybody has a different preference. What's your favorite port? What's that? You seem to be a big fan of the Cayman Islands. I am. And you're going to find out what my other favorite port is. Okay. And you're going to draw a conclusion why. Okay, go ahead. Aruba. Aruba and Cayman. You know what? I always associate those two ports together for some reason. I don't know if I'm right. I don't know why. I think... I don't know. I have no idea what it is. I just, the Cayman Islands and Aruba, to me, they both seem to be just like, I mean, I don't know what, what, very like European, right? That's exactly why. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. It's like where, of course, these are islands that are native to not Europeans, obviously, but it just seems like they have kind of really gotten into it and kind of really set up shop there and made it so that it, when you do go there you do feel like you're in Europe by basically a lot of the uh, cultural adaptations that exist there you do feel the European influence yeah uh, on and those you are, islands and you are European native European obviously so that's why and the other reason why I really like those two islands is because it's not one of those islands when where it's dangerous to leave the resort you can roam around, do your thing, check out the entire island. It's very safe. And there are a lot of islands in the Caribbean where they say, uh, don't leave the resort unless you're on an organized tour. I don't really like those, to be quite honest with you. No. I don't feel free. And I'm, I don't want to go sit in a resort for five days. If you want to go to a resort, you can do that in the state we live in pretty much the way it is. So you don't have to. So I understand you're wanting to kind of be able to... You want to sort of be able to have the ability to immerse yourself in the culture a little bit and not just stick to, you know, where the pina coladas are and everything, right? Yeah. And you know what's really funny? That my vacation style has changed since I live in Florida. When I lived in New York, all my vacations were beach destinations. And I was perfectly fine with sitting in a resort for five days. And since I lived down here last 10, 12 years... 
my vacation style has changed in a way where I want to see places, I want to check out places, I want to walk. I'm now curious of colder climates before I always travel to warm climates, but now I'm perfectly fine going somewhere cold. So this is definitely new in my life in the last 10 years is very new. Speaking of walking, we talked a few weeks ago about you kind of stumbling onto something. We had a, for a while, we were continuously talking about the place called La Perla in San Juan, Puerto Rico. <laughs> and I was just kind of doing some research on it and I found out that all right, I don't even I still actually don't even know. I think the truth is I think I do have an idea of, you know, the ins and the outs of La Perla. Uh, I think what I found out was that, you know, you can probably go there during the day if you stay near the water, if you stay on the very high trafficked pathways that are in La Perla. Uh, I think you probably your chances of safety dwindle a little bit if you start entering into where I guess the the row houses are and where you know and they'll tell you right now I've watched enough documentaries on it tonight to say that they are drug houses most of them are just drug houses and then yes you will get the occasional bar a little maybe restaurant place to eat those are very rustic and then as the sun goes down as it gets nighttime you uh, have less of a, of, a, of a likeliness to be safe. But I think you still can if you probably mind your business. You probably can get away with it. And just being realistic, you know, I think you know, maybe white people may not have as, as good as good a luck. Maybe. I, again, and that's not, you know, that's just being as real as possible because this is what I've seen on documentaries. Like very uh, documentaries that have been v- taken very seriously and really, really dove in deep. And they say, you know, these are... Um, Spanish people or they said you know, they actually say I, I think you know we went in we had a guide we couldn't film and people said that if you if the fact that we were brown or our skin was brown we had a much better likeliness to be able to be able to I guess um be accepted and get out with your life get out with your own life but you walked in you just stumbled upon it you had no idea where you were i had no idea where i was until weeks later you had a patreon about la perla yeah and as i was listening to your show i was like hold on one second so i looked it up on the map i'm like i've been there and it was dicey, but I had no idea what I walked into. I spent probably a good 20 to 25 minutes there. It did get a little scary after a while. So I basically just turned around and went back up on the hill. But I went in pretty deep. I went in so far in that I had to put my phone in my pocket because I realized that this place may be a little too dangerous for me walking alone. Okay. I had an umbrella in my hand, a long umbrella that the hotel gave me because it was a rainy day. So I was kind of thinking if I need to use this as a weapon. Yeah, I don't know how far that would have gotten you, but all right, it was worth a try. If that's what you got, that's what you got. (laughs) But long story short, um, I had no idea where I was until... Yeah. until later so. no I, it makes sense to me because again like i said i watched a bunch of videos and i did see people during the day they'd go down there so right where that um there's a bar that's right i forgot what it's called it's the place that we went to the three layer bar uh that we went to and we had one of the best times ever on a cruise ship an unexpected great time on the group cruise and right across the street from that bar was the staircase that led to it. That's the one. Yeah. Yep. So that staircase, you can just go down. And then the minute you go down there, you are in La Perla. But the minute you get there, it's pretty kind of calm. And you just see 
Carmelo Anthony, NBA basketball player, built a basketball court there. Uh, there's a place called uh, La Bowl or the Bowl El Bolo. What? I, I'm sorry, I'm messing up the name of it, but it's basically a skateboard area slash pool. They'll fill it up and make it a pool. And, um, you know, there's a lot of art and, you know, whatever you want to call it, art, graffiti, graffiti art everywhere. And it's, in general, it's just um, a place that seems to be, yeah, you probably want to watch your mouth when you're there, but it doesn't seem to be too dangerous. But then also as you walk across the the waterfront, it's the same, seems pretty kind of calm. You know, still, again, you may not want to take your phone out and advertise that you're a tourist, uh, even though if I went there, there'd be no, I guess... Um, There'd be no question as to whether or not I was a tourist. But then once you kind of, like I said, make that left turn if you're walking down. Because you're right at the base of the fort. You're looking down. Uh, but if you make that left turn, if you're walking back towards where the fort is, you're gonna. there's a network of buildings and structures and restaurants and places and bars. Despacito, the uh, music video. Have you seen it? No, I know the song. I've n- never seen the video. We're going to watch think. the video in a second, but okay. it is it, it's it makes it look so beautiful. But again, it is beautiful, but it's a little bit of a combination of just beauty and poverty, a lot like what I kind of said the 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 um the pendulum between like what I said when we went to when I went to Cuba. It was just so many beautiful things everywhere just backed up behind it with just so much poverty right behind it. But here's a question though. Did you ever feel unsafe in Cuba? Because I didn't. I did not. Me neither. Actually, I did not. I won't. I don't know if I should say that or not. But where did you go in Cuba? Did you start looking for? Did you start, you know, walking through the alleys of abandoned buildings? Did you do that? I didn't do abandoned buildings, yeah. but I walked through alleys. I did get a map, and I was kind of figuring my way out. Yeah. But um, I never felt unsafe there. Never. I can't say I felt unsafe. I just felt like I knew I was walking around there by myself for a while. I was on the cruise with uh, Joe. And, um, you know, he went back to the ship and he took a nap. And I was like, "Ah, I'm not ready to go back yet. So I just kept walking around. And the sun did go down and it was dark. And I just tried to kind of like use my internal navigation to find my way back to the ship and kind of figure. And I did. But. It is a little sketchy when you go through some alleys and then there'll just be a, a dog that approaches you. Yeah. And, you know, whatever else. And some other people look, approach you and say, hey, you know, one, one guy said, how you doing, my friend? Uh, drugs? Women? Anything is possible for you. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thank you. Thank you. I'm going to I'm gonna pass. But it was just crazy. That was just, that was the weird one where, you know, we get back on the ship and we find out that. We're not allowed in Cuba anymore as a country. That was, it was crazy. I want to go back there someday. I really do. Yeah. No. Although I don't often go back to places because I feel like this world is so big and beautiful that I don't have the financials to be able to go back to places I want to go back. I always want yeah. to see new places. But Cuba is definitely one of those places where I would return. Well, this is impressive because all in all, I'm looking at 33 countries and you're not even counting the ones you've been through for travel purposes right no that's awesome they don't count but three of them i've lived in so it's kind of cheating Mm -hmm. it's really not that many yeah you're cheating you're cheating a little bit with haiti too as well with what haiti oh haiti yes i am because that's not real haiti what we saw we went to labadee although i did go to a traditional oh you took an excursion tour yeah so they gave you now did you ever see like because when you go to when you go to Labadee Haiti on Royal Caribbean and you go to do that zip line 
which was absolutely amazing. When they took us to go to that top of that mountain to where you zip line from, you do leave Labadee and some big gate opens up. And there are like <laughs> the gates six, of heaven. Yeah, and then no, they're not heaven. <laughs> and then and then there's like six guys with machine guns standing there. Holy cow. And you what what you're in, you're in basically the the I guess the safari taxi type vehicle and they open it up and it's lined with Haitians begging for money being secured and kept at bay by just men with machine guns so they can't like get to you that's scary though i don't it was like, a little scary but it was like, like the very side of machine guns no no it was very brief it was just like very quick so like you know i mean you don't like to have you ever been to penn station <laughs> <laughs> yes i have i mean they're just they're just around it's part of the game but yeah then we went right up the hill and there was no other issues with that, but that was that was where I went that. But I want to go. All right, so we have been whether it's the group always be both cruisers lounge, uh, cruise and travel lounge on Facebook. So people in the community have been fairly curious lately about solo cruising, and I think there seems to be whether it's travel in general or cruising, people have had a little bit elevated level of curiosity about going solo to places it's just become where it's almost like it was like looked at as like oh you know it's a lonely trip or like this or that like i think it's becoming more accepted now in general do you have any i guess just random tips for people who are thinking about traveling solo but they haven't pulled the trigger yet you have to do it at least once in your life. Um, it's going to teach you so much about yourself, about how you deal with certain situations in foreign countries, not necessarily in the language that you speak. At least once in your life, you have to get yourself to a place that you're not familiar with and figure it out. But um, it has become very like trendy these days. And all these travel vloggers and Instagram travelers do pretend they travel solo. And then it turns out they have a whole production company behind them. They're the <laughs> ones who are taking the videos and the pictures and everything. Um, it's It's awesome and i highly recommend it if you need tips ask me anything basically but it's one of those things that is uh, very very fulfilling all right so anytime during your solo travels have you ever felt in danger or in jeopardy good question um i a handful of times the very first big trip that i did was israel and i was in a pretty bad situation in jerusalem's old town there i was very young i must have been like 22 at the time you were in a bad 20. situation yep yep what happened a young i was going down an alley uh, by myself and a young kid basically threw me to the wall really yeah and he asked me for money and my backpack and there was a rabbi. He asked you. Yeah. He well, threw you against the wall. May I please have He money? didn't say, may I please yeah. have. He <laughs> yeah. said, give me money. Right, okay. And um, there was a rabbi turning around the corner. It was Old Town of Jerusalem. And the rabbi started, because he saw the situation, and he started yelling at him, and he got scared and ran away. But that was, that was pretty dangerous. And it was my very first solo trip, I think, at a very young age, when solo travel wasn't a trend. Oh, wow. I was back in like... 1945. That's cr <laughs> See, that's crazy because I would be more like the rabbi saved. I, I would be more scared of you than the rabbi probably. No, the rabbi saved me basically yeah. in that situation. 
Wow. Yeah. And then I had another one in Fiji where I didn't really feel safe. Um, I feel like Fiji is very glamorous on pictures and videos, but yeah. it really isn't in real life unless you are in, in a beautiful resort. So I got on a local bus um, and I was traveling a good amount of time, probably about 40 minutes from one corner of town to the other corner. And uh, we went through some dirt roads where... It was just me and the bus driver in the bus. And I asked myself quite a few times, like, what am I doing? Am I going to get out of here safe? So that was an interesting situation. Yeah, I've been in a couple of those where, you know, you get in the vehicle. When you get in the vehicle, uh, there's a level of unsureness there that, you know, you realize, you know, when you just look around and you know you're probably going to be fine, but you just look at the level of, abject poverty that's around you what do these people have to lose what do any of them have to lose and you always have to kind of weigh that in and um you know in that regard it's always best to you know have somebody be made make somebody aware of where you are uh you know maybe have something ready on your phone where you could dial right away uh what are, what are some of the safety tips that you might have oh you're gonna laugh at this you okay. may want to cut this out because i'm gonna sound like a crazy person no 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 Okay, I don't even know if I should, should tell you this because it's embarrassing, but I have a whistle. Yeah. A really, really ra- loud whistle. And I was told once by a traveler that if anybody anywhere is giving you a hard time, whether it's in a place where there's a lot of people or whether it's a place that it's just you and some or you and someone else, just have that whistle handy and whistle in this crazy person's face. And they're going to think you're crazy. And keep doing it. Keep whistling in his face. So I have a whistle. And imagine the situation. You're in a weird scenario and you start whistling in this crazy person's face. Yeah. They're probably going to think twice, like, something's wrong with this person. Why are they doing this? Now, if there's people around, then obviously it's helpful because yeah. you draw attention. Yeah. If you're by yourself, I don't know if it's going to work. But I have a whistle and my red whistle comes with me to every single trip. Do you have your whistle now? No, it's you know, back home. I was but it's ask in you my to, suitcase. Because I would tell you if it worked. Like, you blow it and I would too. Is this lady crazy or, you know? No, it's a good one. Really? Yeah, I'll bring it next time. What other, do you ever take any weapons with you or any like nunchucks or Chinese stars or? No, I don't do that. I don't have any pepper spray or anything like that. But um, I separate my money and I separate my passports. I have two passports. I'm a dual citizen. They're not in the same place. And I have half my money in one place and half my money in a different place. So you do, you want to be careful with that kind of stuff. Don't keep everything in one bag. You keep it yeah. in one bag. That bag is gone. You're done. All right. All right. Well, would you have any, what's your level of comfort as far as discussing any of your um, romantic interludes on any of these trips? I am not comfortable. (laughs) I knew what the answer was going to be to that one, Cones, but you know, you guys would have been mad at me if I didn't at least ask. So, okay. But I've met a lot of people throughout my travels who I'm still (laughs) friends with. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's nice to be able to think of a country and say, oh, I know somebody there. So, it's just it's just a, a nice comfort and a nice safety net to have if you ever travel to that country, even though you're not in touch, but you do know someone from here yeah. from there. Yeah, yeah. to a very lesser degree, I, I can speak for that too as well, just kind of like having lived in a good amount of cities domestically in the U.S., whether I've moved or gone here, lived there, for, like to have, uh, you know, a little bit of a crew or even if it's not a crew, a, a couple of people that, 
you know and you check up on if something happens in that area you check up on them you're you, you're thinking about them and you know that that is something that definitely enriches your life right Definitely. For example, when I went to Peru, I have a friend on Facebook from Peru, but he was a co-worker of mine probably about 15 to 20 years ago in New York City. We haven't really talked since. Oh, wow. We follow each other's lives on Facebook, but nothing more than liking a page or a picture or something like that. And uh, I knew, though, if something was to happen with me in Peru, I can reach out to him and yes. he would be there. So it's it's a nice little safety net to have. Remember Paula? Yes, where is she? She's in South America. I think she's in Venezuela. Oh, okay. I think I don't plan on going. Oh, Colombia, no. Colombia, I think is that's where she's at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that I have planned, but Venezuela is not a place you want to right. be these days. So let me ask you this. So I guess we'll, uh, unless you have anything, we'll 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 kind of start wrapping things up. But what um, what is your what are your plans in the future, if any, as far as cruising goes? We'll go now that you're here. Yeah. We are going to go. But you know, I'm super limited with vacation time. So it's really hard for me to... You're not super limited with vacation time. Say it right. You just use all your vacation time. And more. Yeah. (laughs) Like I take unpaid leave to be able to travel. Tommy, I don't know if I could cruise at you because I have 45 days of vacation and I've used 46 of them. So, um, you know, I'm super limited. That's basically (laughs) where I'm at. But I don't get paid for all that. So there are times when I tell my boss, I'm like, I would like to have a few days off. I don't want to get paid. Just give it to me. Yeah. So I think we should we should cruise. I'm totally down, and I think we should start small with a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where I don't have to love those little weekend ones. Where I don't have to take time off from work, so I don't have to use my vacation Mm -hmm. days. And uh, I told you when we were driving back from Siesta Key, let's look for a Friday, Saturday, Sunday one. I'm down. What do you? uh, What do you? Where would you like to go? Is there any ships out there that you'd like to do? What? 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 Do you have any cruise goals, even though they're a short-term cruise? Do you have any cruise goals to come to mind? Well, I'm going to break this up into two categories because okay. the, the weekend ones, we don't really have a choice. It's Bahamas or nothing, right? Yeah. Alaska cruise oh, gosh. is on my bucket list. And I know you're not happy to hear this, but it is something I really want to do. And uh, that's a destination I definitely want to see on a cruise ship and not a land-based vacation. I've been looking at uh, cruises to California. From here to California? Yeah. So get yourself to California, and then I'll meet you there, and then we can go on an Alaska cruise. That's not a bad idea. We might be able to do that. So if you get yourself to California, I'll fly there. Then we can either probably drive or take the train up to Seattle and go on an Alaska cruise. We have to go to Seattle? I think that's where most Alaska cruises leave from. No, you're the cruise expert. A lot of them do uh, Seattle and Vancouver, but I think there are some that leave uh, even from San Francisco, too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not a lot, but we we you could find. That's why, again, I, I cruise plum is just such a valuable tool. Um, what uh, what do you, uh? So you were talking about Alaska, but then you were also mentioning to me how bad you'd like to see me end up on a European cruise. So bad. Get yourself transatlantic. And you ASAP. said you, you would you would you would visit, you said. I will come meet you wherever you are. I'll come meet you in Barcelona, I'll come meet you in Italy, wherever you are, just get yourself over to Europe and spend a couple of weeks there and get yourself back here on a cruise. Ah, oh, it would be so, so fun. 
It's not out of the question. There are some incredible, incredible deals out there. If you have the flexibility, that's the beauty of it. Like if you have the flexibility and you can do it, you know, and you can kind of arrange your travel dates towards when these deals are, you can find some incredible deals. It's cheaper to live on a cruise ship oftentimes than live here and buy food every day. I don't know about that. Well, you have these four, five, six hundred dollar cruises for 12 days transatlantic. Well, but you know what a $500 cruise is. It's not a $500 cruise. It ends up being a lot more than that. But, you know, when you, you took put the port charges in and the taxes and then the uh, single supplement and then you have the daily gratuities and then, you know, okay, I'm sure you're going to want to spend some money. You know what I mean? So it is, uh, it, you are right. And then in some cases, and that's a secret that I don't want to get out eventually because, you know, while you see so, so many people just retiring on cruise ships. Yeah. You know, I feel I'm just afraid the cruise lines are going to get wind of that and say, "Hey, these people are getting a free ride from us." Yeah, they're going to come in and you mm-hmm. know jack some of the pricing up, and hopefully that doesn't happen. Would you do that? Would you retire on a cruise? I would. Yeah, and I, just hop from one cruise to the other one. Well, see, that probably I don't know if that would be the most practical way to do it. You probably have to find out. You know, I don't know, eight month. Do contracts, <laughs> just <laughs> like eight months on one ship and then another eight months on another ship and find out, you know, if you just ended up on MSC Meraviglia or MSC, and I think mostly MSC Meraviglia out of Florida, there are some, I'll show you after this, some ridiculously cheap, cheap, cheap uh, ways to just stay on a cruise ship. So I don't know. I was I was toying with that idea earlier in the year to do that, but. I have a question for you about a transatlantic cruise. Would you would you not be scared on the Atlantic on like day three when you're in the middle of nowhere and you're just crossing this big pond between Europe and, and North America? I, I'd be scared. It wouldn't be. That, that, that sentiment is not lost on me. I wouldn't necessarily say I'd be scared. But yeah, there would be a level of anxiety that i would have to kind of manage yeah just knowing that okay there's a difference if you're sailing from west palm beach to bimini and something goes on fire to where you're literally in the middle of the atlantic and then all of a sudden you smell smoke or an alarm goes off or this and that like or if there's a huge storm and like you know you again how often you look, you could look on cruisemapper.com and the sea is littered at all times with these, whether it's cargo, whether it's yachts, whether it's cruise ships, and you don't hear about problems. Very, very rarely do you hear about, you know, ships sinking or, you know, being, uh, you know, mayday or on fire. So, yeah, it's a percentage play where you think, okay, it's going to be fine. But yeah, when you look, especially. My friend said that to me one time when we were cruising to Aruba. We left from Orlando. You get out into the middle of the Caribbean Sea, and then they're playing these weird... They always play these weird-ass space movies or whatever, and you're watching a space movie. You're looking straight up. There's absolutely nothing. Down below you, you know, is 10,000 feet of just abyss, and then all around you is absolute blackness. So there is a little level of anxiety that you have to manage. A lot of times I do it with um, with Grey Goose, but you know, <laughs> not always. You know what I mean? But you do. You, I I do feel it. Nature is a very very powerful thing that none of us can even quantify really. So yeah, I mean I think, and I actually like that feeling a little bit. I like the feeling of feeling a little bit smaller, knowing that there's certain things that are at play that you are just not in control of. 
But Caribbean waters are so much calmer than the Atlantic. Not always. Not always. Well, yes, the Atlantic is rough. Definitely, it's rougher. But you're not always getting that crystal glass water in the Caribbean either. You know what I mean? You you, you do sometimes, you know. I remember when we went to that, we went to Aruba. Getting through that Caribbean, in the middle of it, it was, it was rough. I remember being with Kay on the Oasis and that big ass ship was getting knocked around it was you know we would you know it wasn't the caribbean so i guess it was technically the atlantic because we were going from we know i don't know where we were but a lot of that cruise and we were in st thomas we were at nassau we were at a bunch of different places and the ships move you know what i mean so i don't know how much worse it is in the atlantic the the movement of the ship i don't know if that would be the thing that scared me the most just of Knowing where you are on the global map yeah. would freak me out a little bit. Yes, but me it wouldn't too. stop me from doing it. I would do it. Yeah. I mean, I why think, you wouldn't do it? I don't. I don't think I would do a transatlantic. See? Yeah, I'll get on an airplane You'll any day, an airplane. anytime. I'll go by myself to the craziest places. But no, I don't think I would get on a twelve-day cruise All transatlantic. Right. You keep your planes, and I'll keep my transatlantics. Deal. And we'll and we'll uh, we'll leave it at that. But what else, Beatrix? Anything else? No. That's pretty much it. Awesome. I thought I, you were going to surprise me with like some line of, lines of questions or something like that. Sometimes you've been known to do oh, that. Oh, I wasn't prepared. This was kind of sprung on it me. Was, it was spur of the moment. Yeah. But yeah. But congratulations to all Beatrix's fans out there. Uh, people do want to get there, I guess, you know, three or four times a year. They want to get their fix of Beatrix on air. Everybody loves when Beatrix comes on, as do I. So Beatrix, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away... I love your big problems You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea And one part shade of a nine-nine tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away I love your big problems You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere Well, all ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down down in the sand where it's cool Put me down And when I fall on my stool Put me down I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine ten ladies And pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear That I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away where the boat leaves from It takes away All of your big problems You got worries You can drop them In the blue ocean But you gotta get away To where the boat leaves from So get away 
to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from